So specific about the time, but 4 p.m. Eastern today is the trade deadline. So tomorrow's show is going to be pretty nuts. Today we definitely have some trades to talk about, some closer news, of course. Keone Kelly getting moved this morning, Roberto Ozuna and Ken Giles yesterday. You assume tomorrow's show is going to be nuts. Oh, it will be. It should Yet be. Last night may have been nutsier. Maybe. Really? Really? Maybe. I mean, a lot's already happened. Maybe more will happen. Maybe bigger things will happen. Maybe very little will happen. You just never know going into the trade deadline. But I can say with confidence that a lot has already happened, a lot more than we normally see at a trade deadline. Okay, good. Well, hopefully we have uh, some more fireworks for tomorrow's show. That's Scott White. I'm Adam Azer, and we welcome back Christopher Towers. Yo. When was the last time someone called you Christopher? Um, I would say my wife calls me Christopher Pretty regularly. You know, the, the, when you're in trouble or, yeah. you know, you're being annoying, it's Christopher, not Chris. So Christopher, that happens. He I don't wanna, towers. I don't wanna do like the, you know, the sitcom husbandy thing. <laughs> but, you know, that happens. I'm annoying. Uh, no. So, Chris, uh, Heath, by the way, is, uh, <laughs> Heath, by the way, is on vacation. We'll get him back next week. Alright, we'll start with the trades. We had some pitcher stools last night at Fenway Park. And in Seattle as well. Are they, that's not still Safeco, is it? Is it Safeco? I think so. Okay. Uh, in Seattle. And, uh, Robbie Ray did not pitch. It's Safeco Field. It's Safeco? Okay. So we had, we had a pitcher's duel there. We've got Carlos Martinez news. We got Johnny Cueto news. I got so much music queued up later on today. Guess who's coming back? The fantasy regulators are coming back. I got grade the trade as well, and a couple other categories that require some music. Let's start with the trades, the relief pitcher trades. Houston acquires Roberto Ozuna, who is now eligible to return on Sunday, and they give up Ken Giles and two minor league pitchers. And Giles will get a chance to close for the Blue Jays. And he, Mm -hmm. as Scott pointed out in his article, and as we pointed out on the podcast, Ken Giles has not blown a save... I don't, has he given up a run in a save situation all year? I don't think he has. I don't think he has either. He also just, he hasn't been as bad. He hasn't been as bad as his numbers. Like, there's some weird stuff going on with Ken Giles. Obviously he punched himself in the face. Yeah, he did. So that's weird. But there's also some weird stuff going on with his slider. It's not moving as much and, you know, this is a, a a bit of a reclamation project for the Astros, but also his peripherals are still really, really good. Well, yeah, let, his fit, I believe, is two twenty something. And, and but he's gone to the minors chance. and had he's been in the minors the last week and a half and has had the same issue. Like he has an ERA over eight at AAA right now, yeah. mostly just because of one awful outing that happened very recently. So it's it's not. Like, you're not adding Ken Giles with confidence, but you're probably adding him if you need saves because we know the upside and it sounds, I mean, they've, they've said he's going to get a chance. I don't know how soon that'll be. I don't know if he's on the major league roster right away, but it'll, it'll happen because Clippard and, uh, Tapera, I mean, they haven't, neither of them has emerged as the guy with Robert, Roberto Ozuna out. Yeah. Yeah. Now what about Ozuna? So this is it for Hector Rondon. Ozuna's going to be the closer. I would assume so. Like I don't know why. Maybe not immediately. You know, maybe yeah. another a week. I I don't know it, unless the other than getting a more a, a ninth inning option they can feel more confident in than Rondon. Then obviously Giles. I don't. I, I would imagine that's the why the Astros are willing to make this trade and and take on. Uh, you know, some of the, take the PR, BR, uh, PR hit, I guess, for somebody who, you know, is obviously is not, uh, not in a, not, not gonna work here anymore. 
Well, no, you know what I'm saying. I, I do. Look, it was obviously a controversial trade to acquire Ozuna. Yeah. He, he's really good. We think he's going to be good, you know? He's going to be himself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I see no reason to think he wouldn't be. Yeah, so he, he's a must-add player. I actually don't know what his ownership percentage is. Anybody got that? I think he was owned in two-thirds of leagues when I looked last night. Yeah. But I, I want to finish the thought, when the net, when the Astros gave up all they did for Ken Giles, back when Giles was at the Phillies, I thought, oh, it's obvious they're acquiring him to be the closer. Why else would they do that if not? And then he wasn't the closer for like his first half season there. So just the way that the Astros are non-traditional on their bullpen usage, like it I, I'm 85% confident Ozuna's going to be their closer, but I can't say 100%. Okay, and he is 68% owned. Now, the other move here, the Pirates acquire Keone Kella from Texas, so that that is the end of Keone Kella's value, right? Can we drop him? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, They've. I think they've already said that he's not, or our reporters have said that he's not going to be a closer. And I look... I don't know if it's going to be Jose LeClerc, but it should be Jose LeClerc. He's having a really good year. He's got 56 strikeouts in 39 and two-thirds and a 227 ERA. It should be him. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it was him um, when Keller was unavailable a couple weekends ago or something like that. Uh, he doesn't have a save yet, Kella. He blew. He I mean, blew the LeClerc. save. He, yeah. I think he blew okay. the save, yeah. Um, Diekman, obviously Keller wasn't available to the Rangers last night. It was a four-run lead. Keller worked the eighth, struck out the side. Sorry, not Keller. Leclerc worked the eighth, struck out the side. Diekman pitched the ninth in a four-run game. And he's been the eighth inning guy more consistently. So, But that leads me to believe he's the early front runner. But there's a, get traded. Yeah. there's a very yeah. good chance he gets traded. He's been rumored as much as, you know, the, the, the rumor for a long time was that him and Leclerc were a package deal. Okay. Kella? Yeah, sorry. Kella and You just Diekman. did the same thing I did. <laughs> Kella and Diekman were a package. Uh, and, and I would say even if Diekman isn't traded, like I would still expect LeClerc to overtake him at some point because Diekman allows a ton of base runners. Yeah, all right. So LeClerc is – I actually picked him up in a fairly deep league. I have like five closers on that team now, categories league. LeClerc, that is. He's 5% owned. Diekman's another guy you could pick up, and let's see what happens today. Um, so a couple of relief pitcher emails. Jason in Michigan, should I drop AJ Minter for Roberto Ozuna? I don't think so. Like I, I, I get the idea, but Ozuna might not be better than Minter, and he might not be the closer. Like, like Scott said, you know, we're pretty confident he will be, but you know, I, I could see it going one of two ways with Houston. I could see them wanting to keep him. Uh, out of high pressure situations, given the, the pushback that they're gonna receive for this move, and, you know, Roberto's in a coming back from this, he, he dealt with anxiety issues last season. Maybe they wanna ease him back in. Um, so there's a chance he's not the closer, and there's a chance that AJ Minter is 95% as good as him. Okay. And then next email from AB. Rank these closers. Will Smith, AJ Minter, Ken Giles, Sergio Romo, and Jose LeClerc. Will Smith, AJ Minter, both of them getting saves yesterday. Well, did Smith get a save or a win? I know he had four strikeouts. He got a win. He got a win. He got a win. Minter got a yep. save. Giles, Romo, LeClerc. So there's five pitchers named here. Scott, I'm going to set the over-under at 1.5 are still closing for their team in three weeks. What are you taking? <laughs> I will take the over. over, over, but, but okay. I get, I get why you said it is that. Like, I, Minter is the one I feel best about, and even yeah. he, had, you know, there's the potential Rodas Vizcaito comes back and reclaims the job. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but to rank them, I'll go Minter. I, I guess I'll go Giles. Minter, Giles. The rest, I, Smith, Leclerc, Romo. Yeah, I guess that's the way I'd go too. <laughs> I'll have a much better answer tomorrow because Romo could move up to you know, the top of that list. Yeah. He's the the one who might just have a job for the rest of the season. Yeah. Uh, more trades. The Red Sox acquired Ian Kinsler from the Angels for two minor league pitchers. Kinsler has uh, been better lately. He's been much better at home than on the road, but he's obviously getting a big park increase, uh, increase or you know upgrade. July, he's hit 320 with two home runs, two steals, seven walks, ten strikeouts, yeah, whatever. 
Um, value up down to the same for Ian Kinsler. I think the change of scenery. Yeah. Just, just that could do him some good because he has a 237 BABIP this year, which is obviously very low and it doesn't make a lot of sense if you look at the batted ball profile. Line drive Although, rate is good. 244 um, last year, so. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. He might just but be, even, he might just But be that doesn't make pounds. sense if you look at the batted ball profile either. He's Matt Carpenter. <laughs> yeah, except he doesn't, he's old, he hits a lot of infield fly balls. Pop-ups. He looks like someone who may be infield fly balls, maybe selling out for power in a way that gets worrisome as he ages. But, but that's a good place for him to go. Right, high my biggest percentage high fly ball yeah. percentage at Fenway for right-handed hitter. My biggest concern would not be performance with him. I think he'll play better there than he has so far. Is he going to play every single day? That's my concern. Yeah, Brock Holt. Eduardo Nunez. Once Devers is on the DL, so I mean that helps too. But once Devers is back, you got Nunez, you got Brock Holt, you got Ian Kinsler, um, Kinsler or Moncada. Oh, Moncada. Yep. Kinsler or Neil Walker. Kinsler. Oh, Kinsler. No, Kinsler. Okay, that's fine <laughs> with me. Um, uh, Kinsler or Cartel Marte. Marte. Yep. All right, more trades. The Yankees got Lance Lynn. For uh, Tyler Austin and Luis Rojo, Lynn is going to be a swingman in the bullpen and make some spot starts. Atlanta acquired Adam Duvall. This was interesting. They gave up pitchers Lucas Sims and Matt Whistler and outfielder Preston Tucker for Duvall. Uh, I did notice Ender and Ciarte is batting 207 with a 234 slugging against lefties. Is that what's going on here? Is Adam Duvall going to start against lefties? There was a lot of talk of that on uh, among... Braves beat writers, so that I I would suspect that at least happens some of the time. Now, replacing Enciarte with Acuna in center field is a defensive downgrade on those days. And if you look at Enciarte's track record, he's been just as good against lefties as righties for his career. This year's kind of an aberration as far as that goes. So I I would actually rather see him keep playing against lefties and Duvall just come off the bench. Uh, but either way, even if Duvall's the lesser half of a platoon, his value's basically shot outside of deep in all only leagues. And uh, Enciarte's definitely takes a hit. Yeah. Enciarte is not 89% owned, and he just, uh, it's been a weird season for him. He got off to that great start. He was stealing so many bases. Just hasn't been very good for a, a little while, and moved out of yeah. that leadoff spot. Uh, now there, yeah. One, rationale for making this trade. Obviously, Nick Marcakis is a free agent after the season. Duvall has a few more years of team control left, so next year, there's a good chance he does have a job, but can't rule the Braves out bringing someone else in sure. either. And, uh, you know, a couple things have happened recently that have been good for Billy Hamilton, if you were worried about him mm-hmm. losing playing time. Obviously, Winker out for the season, and now Duvall on the Braves. So they could still be active today before the deadline, but Hamilton, uh, I mean, looks like he's an everyday player, you'd think. Seattle. Yeah, he's been hitting well. Has he? Uh, I mean, relatively speaking. <laughs> he, has six, he has a 647, uh, OPS in the month of July, but he's running a lot over the last couple of months and he's hitting like 270 in the month of July. I'll take the that. one I'm really excited about is Scott Shebler, who's on a rehab assignment, should be back from the DL soon. And, uh, in his final 36 games, I don't have the exact stat in front of me, but he had an OPS over 900 for like over a month before going on the DL. And as somebody who has reverse platoon splits, so you don't have to worry about him against left-handers, I think, I think he could be somebody who impacts even three outfielder leagues down the stretch. Oh, alright. Scott Shebler. Two more things. Seattle acqu- uh, got Adam Warren from the Yankees for international bonus pool money. Not fantasy relevant. And the Nationals. Oh, it'd be fun if they traded Bryce Harper. That'd be fun to talk about tomorrow. Let's see what happens. Pitchers duels oh. yesterday. Fenway and it's Safeco, guys. There's that Safeco. By the way, uh, I forgot to mention, we do have something coming up on the show. We've got... Grade the trade. He's about to say the word school. And I'm never going back to my old school. 
Peace at school. <laughs> this is a good song, actually. I didn't know it, and then I got shamed for not knowing it by one of our loyal listeners, David. Uh, some some listener recommended using this, and I was like, I don't know this song. And then David texted me, we're buddies, and he's like, what, you don't know this song? It's a great song. It's a very good song. Steely Dan, My Old School. Grade the Trades coming up later. And let's do this Pitcher's Duel segment here. Aaron Nola, David Price, James Paxton, Garrett Cole, they combine to allow four earned runs. Very impressive stuff. Garrett Cole is the number four starting pitcher in fantasy. Aaron Nola is the number five starting pitcher in fantasy. James Paxson is breaking out this year. Uh, and David Price has been solid lately. Last three starts, four in runs and 21 innings with 18 strikeouts. Gets the Yankees at home this weekend. Gasp. Chris, what do you think about these pitchers duels last night? Would you like to hear a hot take? Oh, yeah. Bring it. If I was voting for National League most valuable player, Aaron Nola would get my vote today. That's Hot take. Dumb. Uh, but You're I did, dumb. I did tweet. You're, you, uh, you are. Uh, over the weekend. <laughs> who's your NL MVP? And I said, is it Javier Baez? I thought that was a, no. that's a fairly hot take. Get out of here with your RBI. No, I, yeah, I like, the it's not, it's not 1992. Hey, I like, I like Guy. the way he plays three positions in the infield. He plays them well. He runs. Does he, he pitch? I mean, he does have a 4.1 war two thirds of the way through the season. Yeah, he's good. I don't think he's a, I don't think he's a bad candidate. Yeah, I think it's Arenado, but, uh, I think, uh, Freddie right, no, Freeman's 4.4. 4. Yeah, um, look at Arenado. Lorenzo Kane is uh, among the NL leaders in WAR somehow. Arenado's well. Arenado's 4.3. I mean, Kane usually has a high WAR because he's so good defensively. 4.6. What do we think about What do we think about Nola, <laughs> Price, Paxton, and Cole? Chris, give me some fantasy analysis. I mean, the only one that is even worth analyzing is David Price, right? Like the other three are. Studs. They're, I think, potentially all top 12 starters uh, moving forward. They're all young enough that if you're in a keeper league, they should be valued about as much as anyone outside of the, the top two or three pitchers in baseball. They're really, really good. Um, James Paxton still has a little bit of injury risk, but he's awesome. Aaron Nola's really good. There's, there's not a lot to say about those guys. Um, David Price, he's been better of late. Uh, the peripherals have been solid. He's still prone to some weird, uh, blow-ups, like the four runs in four and two-thirds innings against the Royals, but the, the strike cuts have been there. He hasn't walked hardly anyone over the last month and a half. I'm, I'm optimistic about him more so than I have been, but I still think he's probably a high three ZRA guy. David Price. Do we care going into next year? Do we care that Aaron Nola has had a cake schedule? He really, it's been so easy. And that's why this start at Boston is very cool. Eight innings, one run on four hits. Does that matter to anybody for Nola? A cake schedule. So easy. I mean, his division is pathetic. Um, I haven't heard any rumors about division realignment. So well, no, that does not concern me. Lewis Brinson's going to hit like 180 next year. I mean, there's a good Watch chance out, to playoff. There's a good chance two playoff teams come out of that division, and one of them is not the Nationals. Yeah, so but I don't know. Three. I, I, don't, I don't know that I buy this kick division. I looked at the also, whole schedule. It's been pretty favorable. But also, you look at the 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 schedule, the schedule, and it's like eight earner, eight innings, one run against Boston. A quality start against the Cubs. Four just runs no. in 12 innings against just the Dodgers. Just say no. That's fine. I'm just looking for talking points. Just say no. Yeah. Bad, no. One bad start against Milwaukee. Like he's, he's been I'm not a chicken. You're a turkey. <laughs> Monday's standout. Scott White, who stood out to you on Monday? Who stood out to mine own self? Well, I would say Robert Ray stood out in an unfavorable way. Yeah, bad. That Robert Ray. Four walks, six strikeouts, four in runs in five and a third innings. Yeah, it's I I don't think you can have much confidence in, in him as we enter the stretch run here. Still a lot of upside, uh strikeout rate, swinging strike rate that measures up to anybody. 
but it's those other two, other two fit measurements, the other two legs of the fit triangle, walks and and home runs. He's just he had he had some really good batted ball luck last year that he's not having again. Scott is Robbie Ray droppable or should we stash him? I don't think he's droppable. I just don't think you can count on him. I think he'll be on your bench pretty often. No, oh, then why isn't he droppable? Why isn't he? Th- Come on, think about well, that. Well, because Scott, if he blows up, like take a page out of my wanna, book. You want to what? Say he's droppable and he'll almost throw a no hitter in his next start. <laughs> well, that's that's <laughs> what I'm worried about. No, I, don't be worried about looking like an idiot. No, that. It's not that I'm worried about looking like an idiot. It's that I'm worried about missing out on huge potential. Yeah, like I, I don't I think you. he's unusable in his current state. I just don't think he's must start. And obviously, uh, there's a lot of people who have him who are holding out hope that he will become that. And I don't think you. I I think it's less than fifty fifty. He will. All right, that's Robbie Ray. I get what you're saying. And Chris is talking about Sean Newcomb. Chris, who's your standout from Monday? Um. Let's go with Marcel Ozuna, who has been hot, uh, home ran a bunch. He's got a little six game hitting streak going and it's been a rough season for our guy Marcel, but I still believe in the potential. I still would want to start him more often than not. And I, I think he's someone who could have a big sec- third, third of the season. Not second half at this point. No, it's not second half. It's yeah, it's getting late. Now it's a home run in three straight games, a six game hitting streak for Marcelo Zuna. Three home runs in his last three games, and here are his numbers in July. Two eighteen <laughs> with three home runs. So I did start him because he had a seven game week. Yeah. I'm glad I did. Uh but yeah, I you know, that just he hasn't walked much this year. It's been a oh. really terrible year for him. And uh I'll throw out Rugnet Odor as another standout. He has just continued to be awesome and probably approaching must-own territory uh, Yeah, at yeah. this point. Another home run for Rugnet Odor. Scott talked about him on yesterday's show. And I'm going to throw out one more standout here. Uh, I'm going to throw out the SeatGeek app. The SeatGeek app is <laughs> uh, our Tuesday, our Monday standout. It's going to be the Tuesday standout, the Wednesday standout, etc. I've got the SeatGeek app on my phone, and Chris talked about all these weird concerts of, of musicians that I've never heard of that he has seen thanks to the SeatGeek app. Uh, I'm more likely to use it for a Yankees game, but whatever it is, if you want to go to a game, comedy, concert, theater, any type of live event, you need a last-minute deal or you're planning a night out or you're looking for a great gift. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. Every purchase, fully guaranteed. You can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. And in case you're not aware, SeatGeek is just becoming much bigger and bigger and bigger. Is it because of our listeners and our podcast? I'm not saying it is, but yeah, I mean, of course, it's all thanks to you guys. Um, download the SeatGeek app. You want to save some money, use the code FANTASY for 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. Use that code FANTASY for 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. It's so easy to use. You look for an event. It pulls in a lot of results for you. It gives every ticket a grade based on value. And then you find the best deals. And again, you pop in that promo code FANTASY for 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event, and we have the tickets. News and notes. Carlos Martinez is probably going back on the DL. He left with a mild, mild shoulder strain. It is a frustrating year for Martinez. Do you think Daniel Ponce de Leon steps into the rotation? One would assume he will, yeah. Are you interested in Daniel Ponce de Leon? In well, deeper we... leagues. There's Austin Gomer too, right? Yeah. Gomer Pyle. They both, they both look good. So, I, I need to see either, whoever it is and whoever it is, I need to see more from them before I actually make a move for them. I mean, there was, not like their front line, top of the charts prospects. Johnny Cueto may need Tommy John surgery. So, like, where are we on on my hot take on Cueto after his first start of the year? Like, what do we think? Was did I get this one right? I think you get it right if I get my three-year-old prediction that he'll need Tommy John surgery right. <laughs> If you give me that, then I'll give you your. All right, fine. Well, Cueto, are you guys cool dropping Johnny Cueto, or do we want to wait for more news? Yeah, I think it's fine to drop him. All right. Uh, I heard on the uh, Red Sox-Phillies game last night, 
fun broadcast. They got to the 13th inning and those guys got like so loopy and they started talking about like the longest games they've ever called and this and that was funny. But earlier in the game, that was on ESPN, they mentioned that Reese Hoskins said that participating in the home run derby helped him. It helped him be aggressive plate side or something like that and he's been able to carry it over into the season. That was really interesting. Uh, Carlos Correo could go on a rehab assignment soon. Scott, we talked about it yesterday, but let's talk about it again. Colby Allard is going to start for the Braves tonight. Interested? I'm not interested in picking him up because it could be, it could be short-lived, first of all. And the strikeout rate in the minors is, it was bad. It was a bad strikeout rate. He's a good prospect, but that, that doesn't always end well. We, we've seen from Aaron Nola, he didn't have great strikeout numbers in the minors, and he figured it out in the majors. Jamison Tyone, to a certain extent, you could say the same, but Allard's was even worse than theirs, and I feel like I feel like that's not something you should necessarily count on happening. So I, I hope he does well, but I'm not confident. Josh Donaldson has been moved to the 60-day DL, which is not a big deal because he got hurt about 60 days ago. Uh, he's resumed baseball activity. Do we have a Josh Donaldson update? People want to know what's going on with Josh Donaldson. I, I, yeah, I haven't seen anything actionable. Uh, I'm still holding on to him. I, I think, you know, a, a by-law opportunity is still there. Okay. All right, that's Josh Donaldson. Oakland scored four runs at Colorado over the weekend. They scored ten runs against Toronto yesterday. That's baseball. Let's check in, check in on those rookies. The guys who, you know, we sort of like live and die with every start of theirs. Should we add them? Should we drop them? What should we do? Shane Bieber and Freddie Peralta. Alright, drop Freddie Peralta, yes or no? Are we done? I, I don't I know why be okay we'd be more, I don't know why we'd be more likely to drop Freddie Peralta than Shane Bieber. Because of control. Well, and Shane Bieber just had a good start. I, I Freddie Peralta for yeah, it was a quality start. It was seven more than a strikeout per inning. Yeah. Uh, only two walks, which was I think equaled his career his season high. Yeah. Uh, Freddie Peralta, meanwhile, four of his last five starts have not been very good, and in all five, three or more walks. I think I definitely think Shane Bieber is better than Freddie Peralta. Yeah, that. The way you described all that stuff sounds like recency bias. Like Shane Bieber no. has been pretty awful his last five starts. Well, he had one well, terrible, no, terrible had, start. He had one really bad start. But if you, he I think this, he went six innings. I think he went six innings or more in the other, other in the others. I yeah, yeah. like six uh, innings, four he, runs, six innings, four runs, that kind of stuff. Six of his last seven starts, he's gone six innings or more. That's so like I feel yeah. like he's kind of another. Cello, because he's just he's so efficient. He's going deep into games. He's five and two, and I don't see why that would change with the Indians you know, I mean, lineup backing him. Take out the bad start, the one bad start, and he has a four point nine ERA over the last five starts. So, like, if we're gonna say Freddie Peralta's been bad four of his last five starts, well, Shane Bieber's been bad. Like his best start is a quality start. But sometimes it's but, sometimes but, it's how you get there, right? And the thing is. I'm personally, I, I'm not sure either of them is going to lead me to fantasy glory, but if I had to drop one of them right now, it would be Peralta. Because I, because he had control issues in the minors and right now he's, he's all over the place. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I feel like, I Bieber, think they're both, Bieber, I think they're both worth owning. I think they both have some upside. They both have a mid threes FIP for their, uh, season so far. I, I'm fine with dropping either. I'm fine with hanging on to either. I just don't think there's a significant difference. I think Peralta probably has more upside. I think Bieber's 450 ERA is much more usable than if Peralta has a 450 ERA because it, his whip will be lower and he'll have a lot more innings. His whip wins. is crazy high. Who's? Shane Bieber. Yeah, he gives up a lot of hits. I, I, I'm concerned because he, he is such a strike thrower. I do see teams just sort of like tee off on him a little bit, but it hasn't really translated other than that one awful start. Although he has, he he has a, a lot of hits, right? He has which is obviously not going to continue. Um, yeah, I don't know. If, if, I, if he's this good of a control pitcher, he's not going to have a high whip. Like, it's, it's not going to happen. 
Unless he gets Eleven hit hits really hard. Nine. Unless Come he gets on. hit really hard. It's like maybe a little Taiwan Walker. The, he would have to be an outlier in terms of how hittable he is among all major league pitchers, though. Like you don't you don't see somebody have a three seventy three Babbitt for the whole season very often. Would you guys drop Bieber or Peralta? I'm trying to think of some of the guys we talked about yesterday for uh Armand Marquez. I, th- I think yeah. it's six and one, half dozen the other. For all three of those guys. How about for Joe Musgrove? I would rather have Musgrove than any of them. Scott. I would take Musgrove over Peralta, but there's just not there doesn't seem to be much swing and miss in this game. All right. How about uh, Drew Pomerantz? No. I, he hasn't shown anything since uh, since getting called up or, yeah. or since returning. He's his velocity has been down all year. I I don't see anything there. All right. Let's move on. I've got some important questions for you guys. I was going to ask, is Marcelo Zuna back? But Chris is a segment stealer. So I will go to our next question. Is Elvis Andrews back? Elvis Andrews has a 976 OPS and four steals in his last 14 games. Is Elvis Andrews back? I think he is. Yeah, I think he's just good. Yeah, I mean, he, he, maybe he's going to have a season more like 2016 when he hit eight home runs rather than 2017, but he was the number six shortstop at Fantasy that year. So Andrews looks good. Uh Next question. Are we worried about this little Max Muncy slump? He is two for 26 with 12 strikeouts in his last seven games. Are we worried at all about this little, little Max Muncy slump? It's the slump? home run derby. It's oh, you're right. It's the derby. Good call. He, he needs to be more aggressive like Reese Hoskins. <laughs> it's a great call though. I forgot about that. Uh well, are you are you worried at all? Like, like if I if I'm going to abandon my convictions over a 25 at bat stretch for Max Munsey, what are what are my convictions worth, Adam? They're worthless. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I I I agree. Is Tommy Fam droppable? That's our next important question. Is Tommy Fam droppable? Maybe sure. like in a 10-team, three-outfielder league. And I think he's still like 96% owned. So yeah, 98. There, you could, it could probably be 98. Yeah, it could probably be lower than that. I don't know that it should be lower than like 88. I, I still think there's a good chance he he uh, busts out of this slump in a big way over the final two months, and he's getting added everywhere again. But you get to a shallow enough league, like you can... You can wait. You can wait for that to play out. You don't need to devote a roster spot to him, given what I assume is high, the other high quality players on waiver wire. All right, that's Tommy Pham. He has sat, I think, two of his last six games. Something to keep an eye on. But his hard contact rate is through the roof: forty-seven point five percent hard contact rate for Pham, twelve point nine percent soft contact rate. That's outstanding. Uh, who he keeps he keeps referring because we talk about his vision issues every yeah. time we talk about him, and maybe that's affecting him. I read recently that there's a mechanical issue that he keeps he keeps bringing up whenever reporters talk to him, and he just he just can't quite seem to to get it right. He goes and watches videos after every game, and he's like, "Nope, it's still there." Mm-hmm. So he 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 seems to know something that needs fixing. He's struggling to fix it right now. Next important question: Who are the relief pitchers to stash now? Well, Jose Leclerc was the biggest one for me. So that ship has sailed. Uh, maybe like, I'd maybe like Drew Steckenrider, though it's possible he gets traded himself. Um, I, I think I've got an eye on Jeremy Jeffress. Knable was bad again last night. It's not gonna be a trade. Right. But Jeffress is so good this year. And they want, they're going for it. I think Ken Abel is like one blown save away from being on the hot seat and hmm. two blown saves away from being removed. That's a hot take for you. I don't hate that take. Seems plausible to me. And I don't know that the, that the twins would care enough to remove Fernando Rodney, but he got a save last night. I think he walked to, but he's, he was terrible in Fenway Park last week, which is no surprise. He's like a 550 ERA in his life against the Red Sox. But mm-hmm. I don't know, Trevor Hildenberger, is that the guy? I guess. I, I kind of liked Ryan Presley, but then he got traded to the Astros. Uh, I don't know why Rodney himself wouldn't get traded. Not doing much to I help his value right I now. I guess somebody has to want him. Yeah. I just feel like 
I mean, obviously he's not going to uh, be a um, qualifying offer guy in the offseason, so they'd take whatever for him. All right, next question, next important question. I'm going to give this one to Chris. When do buy-low candidates become busts? Still waiting on Brian Dozier and Carlos Santana in Roto uh, to break out of it, but we are about 110 games into the season. When do buy-low candidates become busts? It, it all depends on what the underlying stuff is. Like we, people were giving up on Matt Carpenter. You know, that's, that's the go-to. And it was, you know, people in the emails very confidently saying, you guys are idiots. Matt Carpenter is worthless. The shift has ruined him. He's not good. Well, okay. So that's what you say, man. And yeah. so. A little you know, exaggeration it, there. No, it's not. Yeah, it's a little generalization. You take like a few emails, you apply it to everybody. That's not right, what no, everybody. No, no, I'm not saying everybody was saying that, but there were there were people, and yeah. the chorus was growing louder. And it was well, you know, all the peripherals are good, but the shift, and it's like maybe, but you still you have to have a process with these things, and you have to have you have to look at it scientifically, and you have to have hypotheses that you can test and then change when when new information comes in Mm -hmm. and you have to be consistent and that's my thing is that like if new information comes in and we're going to talk about a guy who has done the opposite has just continued to be really good he's next up on the notes and nothing about it looks sustainable i'm going to keep telling you to sell ian desmond right right so it just it depends on the individual player and what they're doing. Uh, so do you still think brian dozier is going to bust out is he going to have a dozier second half Sorry, I'm I'm losing a little faith. (laughs) I would expect no. I don't. I don't think he's gonna have a thousand OPS. I don't. I. We've had this discussion before. I don't believe he's due. (laughs) I think he'll be Brian Dozier moving forward, and what that means is, I think he'll be pretty good with hot streaks and cold streaks. Yeah. All right. And uh, yeah, do you realize that Ian Desmond is the number six first baseman in fantasy since June first? That is two months. He's sixth in points and Roto. It's one thing Roto, but points. That's crazy for Ian Desmond. He's usually so bad. In that format, but 24 walks and 47 strikeouts since June 1st. That's amazing for him. Um, only Whit Merrifield has more steals among first base eligible players in those two months. And I don't know what to say. I can't get Ian Desmond off my points league team. <laughs> and he just keeps on producing. Scott? Yeah. He, no, he's Scott, actually been walking. Yeah, a little bit, right? Yeah, a little bit. Go ahead, guys. My bad. It, if somebody, like Chris was saying, if somebody makes you an offer for him like he actually is a top 10 first baseman, then I think you take it because there's a lot not to like about his batted ball profile. Just an extremely high ground ball percentage. You wonder how he hits home runs at all. Well, but, here's how. Um, he has a 40% home run to fly ball rate over his last 48 games, which is going back to June 1st. That's yeah, not even, even course Field. Half of that would be generous. At half of that, I would still be like, well, Ian Desmond's been a little lucky. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. I, I don't imagine he has much, that much trade value. It doesn't hurt to shop him. Probably, most likely, you're just going to ride this for however long it lasts and, and, um, expect it not to last forever. Alright, let's, uh, let's get moving here and read six emails in three minutes. This is from Jason. I'm in a head-to-head categories league, and I'm trying to figure out who's the odd man out at second base. Scope, Daniel Murphy, Jose Peraza. Who's the odd man out? Scope, Daniel Murphy, Jose Peraza. Probably Murphy. I don't know that would drop Murphy, but he he seems the least startable in a categories league right now. You got to drop one. You have to drop one in this game. Yes, you do. We have to make tough decisions. I think, yeah. I think if I have to drop one, it's probably Peraza, unless I have stolen base sources coming from somewhere else. Uh, alright, this is from No Name. Explain your Yolish Shasin hate. He's the best, he's been the best free agent pitcher signing of the offseason, and every week you give him no love, and the peripherals are great for Yolish Shasin. That's what No Name what? says. They're not great. What peripherals are you looking at? <laughs> they're not, that's the thing. <laughs> they're, they're fine. Like, they, they look like an average pitcher. Like the main thing is the reason he's been so successful is his 259 Babbitt. Yeah. And like last year he had a 272 Babbitt, and that seemed too good to be true. It's it's only gotten more outlandish because it's not like he it's a lot of weak contact. It's not like he prevents line drives, gets a ton of fly balls. Um, 
he shouldn't have that low of a BABIP. And if that corrects, then we're going to see the ERA rise significantly, I think. Yoli Shasin, that we're, t- that we're talking about. Would you rather have Shasin or Freddie Peralta? Peralta. There's more upside. There is more upside. That can't, oh, but that cannot be the answer always, you know? No, Especially I, I, in I agree. It can't be the answer always. It um, is for me. It can't be, Chris. My, <laughs> if I was setting my lineup for next week, I would put Shasin in over Peralta. Uh, this is but, from Adam. Not with a lot of faith long term. Adam is a first time fantasy baseball player. He needs some playoff advice. Uh, what's valued more in the playoffs? Good pitching lineup or more solid hitting lineup? I, you know, I, I don't think there is an answer to that. I, I don't think, uh, I don't think yeah, anything I, changes. If you could figure out a way to match up your starting pitchers so that your two start pitchers are heavily weighted in the playoffs. I guess that, but that's not really realistic. So <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't worry about it too much, Adam. I think whatever your strength is. It. Yeah. Uh, from Lance, twelve team head to head: Chapman or Escobar? Matt Chapman or Eduardo Escobar? I'm worried about Escobar's playing time at Arizona. Well, it doesn't seem to have been an issue so far. I know Jake Lamb's on the DL, but I don't know that it's going to be just a short stay for Lamb either. Um. I think I'd rather have Escobar. I was thinking Chapman. He's been really hot, Chapman has. Yeah. So I think, I think he's closed the gap significantly over the past few weeks. And hey, real quick from Jason. Muncie or Rendon rest of season? I would still go with Rendon. Okay. Scott, Scott, you get number two. You get number two. Rank these four rest of season in a points league. Clevenger, Rich Hill, Rodon, Quintana. Clevenger Hill. Clevenger. Uh, I think I might move Rodon up to number two. Whoa, over Rich Hill? Yeah, I mean, I think I have Rich Hill fourth. Whoa, behind Quintana? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Well. Nah, Rich Hill's I, healthy. For now. For how long? <laughs> for now! For how long? I don't think rest of way. Alright, that's it. Thank you very much. To all of our emailers. Back to the notes. Double dongs from yesterday. Jose Ramirez, two home runs. He's the number one overall hitter in fantasy. He has 32 home runs. He also stole a base yesterday. And he has 24 steals. And he's amazing. Shinsu Chu also double donged yesterday. He, Shinsu Chu is the number 11 outfielder in points. And he's number 19 in roto. And he has never hit more than 22 home runs. And he has 20 home runs. Chris, what do you think about Shinsu Chu Chu Chu's you? He's he's good. He's not this good. But he's good. It's been a nice season. I, I worry about a trade. That's my biggest concern, that he gets traded somewhere where he's not an everyday player. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for the Double Donk segment. And now uh, a little more music for you. Got a couple of pitchers who are just surprisingly good. So I ask you, Dave Matthews. Is this real or am I dreaming Edwin Jackson and Derek Holland? And am I dreaming to think that I'm going to start Edwin Jackson against the Tigers this weekend, who he already <laughs> crushed with six scoreless innings and seven strikeouts in his first start of the season? What do we think? Is is this real? I don't think either is good, uh, but I do think Derek Holland is better than he's gotten credit for. He has more than a strikeout per inning this year, and it's with – by far the best swinging strike rate of his career. Obviously, he has a home venue that really it kind of smooths out the rough edges for him. He has job security with Cueto down. I think he's a streamable option now. I don't think there's really that much separating him from somebody like Ulysses Chassin, let's say. Sure. So, okay. uh, so to some degree, it's real. Adam, can I ask you a question? Yes, you can. Do you actually like Dave? Matthews? Yeah, Dave. Do people uh, just call him Dave? I, Dave fans call him Dave. You want, is, okay, you Dave, want, is there a person named Dave Matthews or is that just the band's name? No, it's him. He's Dave Matthews. Oh, okay. Do, do you want to hear the hottest, the hottest take that Adam Azer's hottest take and I give a lot of crazy pop culture takes? Okay. So I love 90s music. Love 90s music. And yeah. everybody, when you rank the top 10 
or whatever, top however many 90s rock songs, what's number one, Chris? It's always the same. It smells like Teen Spirit. It always smells like Teen Spirit. Now, I've already said I think Jeremy's better than Smells Like Teen Spirit, but that's fine. I don't care. Ridiculous. Number two on the list behind Smells Like Teen Spirit is Ants Marching by Dave Matthews. I think that is- That's your pick? Yeah. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. So disappointed. I think- I can't be disappointed, but you've, (laughs) you've gone into the basement now. Why? Because this is why. I think it, it, he, he inspired so much acoustic rock with that song. And we have to give him credit for just how influential Dave Matthews band is. So your argument is that that band, that song is good because it inspired Jason Mraz. Well, sure. And, and Guster and Dispatch and all these other like bands. But wait, you don't think Ants Marching is good? Look, man. You're an idiot. No. You're crazy. I've seen, I've seen Dave and his band live. <laughs> All right, I, but no. That no, song's amazing, it. dude. That's an amazing song. What would you say? Uh, that's a, that song's okay. Ants marching is amazing. Uh, <laughs> next up, I, I'm not gonna play the music. I'm <laughs> fine. I'll play the music. Here we go. Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? We're talking about Mark Canna right now. He's 11 percent owned. He has a 661 slugging percentage against lefties. Do you think Mark Canna? Should be owned in daily leagues. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think he's. I think he's definitely usable in those leagues. So it's just it's just a, a matter of what kind of full time player you'd be dropping for him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I, I I like him against lefties, and he plays against every lefty. So that's there's some utility there. Okay, that was fun. Can I get a witness? Uh, what else we got from yesterday? We got Tyler Anderson. He was good enough. He was, yeah, whatever. He was fine. Um, four runs in six innings. That's one of his worst starts recently. Kenta Maeda was dreadful. Little blip on the radar here for Kenta Maeda. Yeah, so. he'd been so good. Might get another blip this weekend though. What about Julio Tehran? Dropper or hold Julio Tehran? 88% owned. Two straight starts against the Marlins. And, uh, nine and a third innings and a combined ten runs in those two starts. Drop. Like he's had yeah. stretches where he's looked interesting this season, but it's in that old pitcher. I'm gonna throw my breaking balls a bunch and hope that I can succeed that way because my stuff's not good anymore. Way and that can go one way or the other. All righty. And not so motivated to own Irvin Santana. I'm assuming after last night's start with only one strikeout. Well, he does have the Royals coming up this weekend. Yeah. Would you use him as a streamer? Santana? Weekend streamer. Irvin Santana? Yeah. His velocity is down like four miles per hour. Yeah. I, uh, there's nothing there. I, not I don't sure think I trust, I trust him. him even against the Royals. Yeah. Uh, how about these guys? They can't hit. Do you think they are over-owned? Justin Bohr, 58% owned. Brandon Crawford, 76% owned. Teoscar Hernandez, 60% owned. All of them are having extended cold streaks. Very extended. Justin Bohr, Brandon Crawford, Teoscar Hernandez. They're all owning 58% of, or league, of leagues or more. What do we think? Uh, worth stashing, or can we get rid of Bohr, Crawford, and Teoscar? I think it's fine to drop Bohr, uh, disappointing as that is. I, I, I think he's better than this, but it's fine. I would not drop any of them in a league with the standard Roto lineup. So corner infield spot, five outfielders. I think they're all still... Plenty rosterable in that format. But the standard head-to-head lineup, I think they're all droppable. All right, well, we're winding down the show here. We still have to do some regulation. We still have Team Name Tuesday. In fact, I'm going to do Team Name Tuesday right now. Shaw me the Muncie. Uh, Winker for Devers, no chance. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Hand Solo, a Starling Bowers story. <coughs> Chris uh, choked up there? No. No, you don't like that one? I mean, I, I get it. I get what you're going for. Charlie Morton's a, a for War? Ever. Charlie Morton's War. Yeah, we did these. We did that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you did yep. these last week? Yep. Did you yep, do the yep. Beatles ones? Yes. Okay, yep, good. We had a whole segment. You're saving me time. You're saving me time. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, alright, grade the trade from Will. Six by six categories, OBP. Give up Corey Kluber. Get Muncie and Jesus Aguilar. Kluber for Muncie and Aguilar. Ooh. Bold trade. Bold mm-hmm. trade. I'm going to give it a 
I'm going to give it a C. Even. Even swap. Okay. This is from Tom in Tottawa. Dear Wojo, Harris, Dietrich, and Fish. Huh? Chris, no? I have no idea. Derek's? I don't know. Vince Velasquez. Uh, oh, yeah, Derek, they're Derek's? I don't know. No, I don't, I don't, Derek Fish. Derek Fisher. Maybe it's typo. Vince Velasquez and Eduardo Escobar for Tyone and Sano. Velasquez and Escobar for Tyone and Sano. I think that is a B plus. Really like it. Yep. Well, Tyone's better than Velasquez, so he wins that half of the deal. I'll give it a C minus. I don't like it, but it's not terrible. This is from Scott from the home of the Gravity Railroad, wherever that is. Dear Boot, Scoot, and Boost. I, what? If, if the third one was Boogie, right? Could, yeah, that's what I'm. That's uh, that that, that I was expecting you to say that. Ten team Roto Keeper League with OBP. I am looking to maintain first place after the Judge injury. I give up a $39 Aaron Judge for a $5 Max Muncie and a $29 Carlos Carrasco. The salaries are pretty close. $39 for Judge, 5 bucks for Muncie, 29 for Carrasco. He's giving up Judge. He's getting the other two. Hey, that's probably a, a C+. Plus. I think it's a pretty good deal. B. B. All right, last one from Alex. Oh, this is a tough one. No, we're going to... Alex, you get a... Uh... You get a, a B. Anthony, you gave up Chris Sale for Snell and Arietta. What does he get? Gave up Sale for Snell and Arietta. I hate this trade. Yeah, it's a uh, D minus. Yeah. Sorry, Anthony. Making those trades give you a heart attack. Ack, 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 ack. And also, thank you for grading trades, giving us trades to grade. Whatever. Say the word school already, Steely Dan. There you go, school. Yeah, and more importantly, let's regulate. (laughs) This is from Tony. Dear Egon, Peter, Ray, and Winston, finally something we know. (laughs) We are in our inaugural season of a baseball keeper league, and our trade deadline was yesterday. The league had a gentleman's agreement that the trade deadline was at midnight. Uh Uh-oh. Groove it now. Alright, trade deadline was at midnight. A trade was accepted at 12.33 a.m. involving the number one team acquiring Jose Ramirez. I, the commissioner, am currently in second place. How do I handle this situation without becoming known as the commissioner who only makes rulings and decisions that benefit him? Uh, 33 minutes after the deadline. Yeah, Yeah. the deadline's a deadline. I don't know why... I don't know what kind of, uh, what site you're playing on that still allows trades to be processed after what you designate the deadline to be. That's, that's weird. But if everybody knew it was midlight, that's, that's the deadline and trades can't happen after then. I think, I think you're, I think you're justified. I agree. Did you specify time zone? (laughs) I don't think that's an issue here or he would have said. (sighs) I'm going to say cancel the trade and you tell them that you have the permission of fantasy regulators next up we have james from scotland can you regulate this situation in the scottish baseball league i am currently in first place looking over my shoulder and today one of the chasing pack made a big trade with the 11th place team they got trevor bauer and jd martinez yikes and gave up mark canna can i get mark canna mike fulton and jay happ they gave up Canna, Fulty, and Hap, and got Trevor Bauer and J.D. Martinez. And that's the second-place team trading with the 11th-place team. This is clearly a one-sided uh-huh. trade aimed at helping only one team. The league has been running for many years, and no one has ever vetoed a trade. Am I right to veto this, or can you make the case for this being a legit trade in a 14-team Roto League? It's obviously not a legit trade, and there's no argument to be made that it is. Um, so the question is, do you want to keep playing in a league with these guys? Stop. We cannot always go there. We always kick people out and end friendships when the easy thing to do would be just veto the damn trade. 
Well, is it easy? Like when he says veto it, does, is he the commissioner? Does he have authority to just say no? This is I'm independent of what anybody else thinks. I'm invalidating this trade because obviously that's a bad look. Given a the team the the league's history with vetoing trades, which is non-existent, and b the fact you're in first place. What would you do? Uh, I because I think you're right. I think it's important to get an international coalition behind you here. I would reach out to the rest of the league. I would put a message up, and I'd say, guys, I got a major problem with this trade, and see what people say. So, Adam, I've been reading the um the Harry Potter books lately. Okay. And one of the things that, one of the lessons that you take away from that book is that friendship is very important. <laughs> and one of the qualities that makes Hermione Granger and Ron Weasley such good friends is their, their trustworthiness under fire and their bravery and their honesty. One of the things I don't, like four I don't know, I don't know if I want to be friends with people who can't be the Ron Weasley of their fantasy baseball league. So you're kicking these people out of the league or you're leaving the league or what? I'm just, I, I just want to make it clear that these kind of shenanigans wouldn't happen in I the agree. Gryffindor house baseball league. But I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going probably. to be more diplomatic about it and get uh, a coalition behind me to tell everybody how ridiculous this trade is. This should not happen. And it's going I'm, to impact the league. It's, it's going to impact the league for sure. It could decide yeah, the league. It's I, not fair. I think there definitely needs to be a sit-down talk, and depending on the results of that, like you do that with the aim of getting this canceled, but if you can't get everybody on board with it, then obviously in your position, you, you can't cancel it. All right, last one from Dave. Last week in one of my leagues, the commissioner was on vacation. During that period, one of the teams in the league rostered an illegal lineup. Halfway through the period... Some league banter ensued to shame the lazy owner who started the elite. Oh, <laughs> I can't believe I didn't figure out who this what this was because I know it's Dave from our podcast league. All right, all right, let me read the rest of it. Uh, halfway through the period, some league banter ensued to shame the lazy owner who started the illegal lineup. He copped to the error admirably and was prepared to take his well-deserved goose egg for the week. But wait, there's more. Just then, the co-commissioner of the league, unprompted, stepped in and fixed the illegal lineup for the lazy owner. So the questions are, why would the co-commissioner do such a thing? The rules and settings of the league are clear that an illegal lineup should yield zero points. Should the co-commissioner have done this? If so, why? And how many days after starting an illegal lineup should this be allowed? I just want to – There, there are some factual errors in this. You're the guy who set the illegal lineup. I'm the commissioner who was – on vacation, I was actually. You were not on leave. vacation. Yeah, I was on paternity. Just, leave. You know, we need to clear that up for HR purposes. Right. Paternity right. leave, not vacation. And um, Scott was the co-commish. Scott uh, reversed this. Uh, I don't know that I'm officially the co-commish, but I I did reverse it. Yes. Wow. So it was an unsanctioned. Yeah, I had no idea. You're not. Wow. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, just, you would have done that. I just assumed you were the commissioner. I this absolutely. Is stunning. I, I absolutely would. This have done changes it. everything. I would have done it, but I don't know if I would have done it on like Wednesday or something. But yes, the I, league, the league well, results have been invalidated. I'm with the Scott. I'm, I'm okay with invalidated. it. I'm okay with it. I would have done it. I think illegal lineups are stupid. Um, I would yeah. have penalized you, like made you start someone crappy or something like that in one of your oh, spots. Oh, oh, rest, rest assured. <laughs> Here's my. I, I put the crappiest player he had in this lineup. And it was, it was just a situation where, like, he didn't put a guy in a DL spot who was DL eligible. Okay, it wasn't like okay, yeah, he, he yeah. was stashing somebody extra or something like that. Um, my, I've always viewed the, you have a zero here because your lineup's illegal as a cue to the commissioner that something is wrong and needs to be addressed. I don't think it's fair to the rest of the league to allow someone who is fighting for a playoff spot to get a free win just because of the negligence of another owner. Like that, that's just, that doesn't seem fair to everybody else who actually has to have a legit victory. So it's, it's less about helping the guy who had the <laughs> illegal lineup and more about help, more about keeping the league competitive. I, I, I will say, I, w- I want you guys to regulate this. Something that I've proposed in my home fantasy football right. league. You gotta make it quick Ev- though. We're everybody in the league gets one mulligan per year. Where you can make one lineup change at a certain point in the day or in baseball week. And that's the one you get and you have to use it wisely. What do you think? 
Eh. Don't like it. Stuff happens. Don't like it. I I don't. I don't expect everybody in my fantasy baseball leagues to make going to the prior make going to the computer the final ten minutes before line of lock a priority. I, I think that's an unreasonable expectation. I think if they're no, you can keep talking. Scott. Kind, it depends what kind of league you want. <laughs> you know, if you if you want to be that cutthroat. Then you, it's, the league's probably not going to last long, you know. That groove is make it too it's hard. So good, right? It's the so best. good that that bounce. That's yeah. it's like it's the really. ants marching of this genre, you know. And we are out of here, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll regulate tomorrow. <laughs>